0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Migas and Mesh here on The Game.
1: 1037
0: Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: It's deadline day. God, I love trade deadlines. Welcome into crunch time here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. That's 706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber, my main man. The producer extraordinaire, Mr. James Mesh. James, happy Thursday. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How about you? As you should. You got Mike Muscala at the deadline. Yes, sir. You got got to love Mikey Moo. (laughs) I made that nickname up on the fly. It's not good. That's awful. It's really bad. Uh, I feel disrespected for him. (laughs) So, looking at some of the bigger deals... I mean, there's there's none bigger than the one that went down about 1 o'clock in the morning, right? Kevin Durant getting out of the garbage hole that is the Brooklyn Nets, right? right. Uh, getting dealt to Phoenix for a load. An absolute load. Now, looking at this, de- and we'll get to the trade details You know, here in a moment, but the big thing for me with this deal is just how scary it now makes the Phoenix Suns. You've got Chris Paul, who even at 37, 38, still playing pretty well. You've got Devin Booker, one of the top young off guards in the league. And now you bring in Kevin Durant. I saw that their odds to win the NBA championship, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, went from the ninth best to the 3rd best overnight. So, what did the Nets get for Kevin Durant? Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and four first-round picks.
2: Which they immediately got rid of
1: Jay Crowder for right. five second-round picks. Correcto. So now you've got four first rounders, five second rounders, and additional draft compensation, and a couple of guys, and a couple of dogs. Because here's the thing: you look at the Nets now. Other than Ben Simmons, they have no big name players. But here's what they do have: they have 15 good NBA players. So the Nets aren't just going to fall off the face of the earth. They still got uh, what's his name, Joe Harris. Yeah, they're they're going to hang in. You don't have any superstars that, oh my God, you know, high ticket. We got to go see this guy because nobody cares about Ben Simmons anymore. But you still have a good roster. You still have good rotation. Jock Vaughn's a good head coach. I I wouldn't rule the Brooklyn Nets out of anything. Brooklyn Nets to me are going to be scrapping for the play in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be the nine or ten seed. And they're going to be fighting to try and get into the 7-8 Yeah,
1: I'm not, I'm not going to rule them out of anything. A couple of other deals. James Wiseman getting dealt by the Golden State Warriors. He is now a member of the Detroit Pistons. Bones Highland, Eric Gordon, both going to the Clippers now. The Lakers getting Mobamba. The Lakers also getting rid of Russell Westbrook. And Pat Bev. And Pat Bev. They're just cleaning house. LeBron's like, I ah, I don't want him. I don't want him. You're gone. Just get up. You're gone. Jakob Podol Ooh. going back to Toronto. That's, a, that's an impressive move as well. But the Pelicans. The Pelicans were in conversations to get O.G. Ananobi. They, nope. got, a, they got a guy. Nobody got O.G. Ananobi. But... They didn't get a good deal done. You acquired Josh Richardson from the San Antonio Spurs, who is a bench 3 and D guy. He's averaging 12 points a game so far this season. Uh, He has a career three-point percentage of about 36%, which is is pretty solid. And you didn't give up a lot. You gave up four second-rounders and a terrible contract that you had to desperately get out of. So it's a good deal. And then, you know, the, the biggest criticisms I've seen is, oh, Josh Richardson's on an expiring deal. It's only a rental. Just re-sign him. You
2: either re-sign him to a it, deal that you want to do that you agree with, with him. Correct. Or, because that's where that's what they were talking about, or if it just doesn't work out with Josh, now you're not committed to him for the next multiple
1: years. Absolutely. So you just
2: don't resign him.
1: You get a great two month trial period. If it works, sign him to a comfort comfortable deal. If not, you don't.
2: It's a low risk, medium reward. Yeah, because it either just doesn't work out, who, or
1: you get a solid guy that can who, shoot. Who, who doesn't and play need, defense? Who doesn't need role players that can knock down a three?
2: And guess what? Kind of, kind of the, the game of basketball has kind of moved towards focus on wings. And what is Josh Richardson? A 6'6", 200 hundred pound wing. Mm-hmm. So, it's a, it's a good, it's a good move. That folk that's mainly worried about playing defense and shooting the three ball, and the three ball is
1: just as popular as it's ever been. And then probably one of the wildest moves that happened today: John Wall is now returning to the team that he begged to get out of. He is back as a member of the Houston Rockets. Poor John Wall.
2: Poor guy. He t- he was talking so much crap about Houston before. If, he really, I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, he really was. He, he did not enjoy being there. Goes to the Clippers. And they're like, eh, we'll send you back. You can get, you can go back to Houston.
1: And I know we don't talk a whole lot of hockey on this show, but I'm going to bring this up. A massive trade went down in hockey today. Uh, St. Louis Blues star center Vladimir Tarasenko has been traded to the New York Rangers as well as Nico McCalla in exchange for Sammy Blaze, Hunter Skinner, a 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 fourth-rounder. So the New York Rangers trying to get a little better this season as they head towards the playoffs in April, getting a star player like Vladimir Tarasenko. On today's edition of Crunch Time, we're going to look at the Super Bowl from every angle. You want to talk Chiefs? We got a guy. You want to talk Eagles? We got a guy. If you want to talk Rihanna at the halftime show? Let's not. This man hates Rihanna. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 not a Rihanna fan. I'm That's not. crazy. I'm not. I'm I have No expectations for this halftime show. If it entertains me, cool. I'm all about it. You know what I just saw? What did you just see? It's a
2: dragon bender. Okay. Suns jersey. Mm -hmm. And he wore 35. Mm -hmm. So what they did, they just wrote K-E in front of the bender and then wrote ant at the end. Oh, my God. Kevin Durant. Oh, my God. (laughs) Said,
1: there we go. No. No. Absolutely not. Um, But, yeah, you know, obviously we're 72 hours away from the Super Bowl, give or take. Uh, going to be a massive matchup between the Eagles and the Chiefs. We've got Ryan Tracy, who's the host of Locked on Chiefs. He's going to join us at 4.30 to preview it from the Chiefs' side. At 5 o'clock, Gimo, Gino Camarilli, the host of Locked on Eagles, will join us to talk from the Philly side. And then at 5.30 – Andrew Abity, the sports editor for Pine Belt Sports, he will join us to talk Southern Miss Golden Eagles basketball as they prepare to host the Louisiana Raging Cajuns tonight in a 7:30 tip-off over in Hattiesburg at Reed Green Coliseum. If you want to get your thoughts in on the game, hotline 706-0111. That's 706-0111. But James, in your opinion, looking at the trade deadline, looking at some of the deals that went down today, who got better?
2: I mean, you obviously got to say the the Suns. Well, of course, that that's obvious. Um, I feel like the Lakers, because you look at yeah, you that. look you look at them, and you saw the report that had just come out a few minutes ago. It got really toxic between the coaching staff with like Darvin Ham and Russell Westbrook so it almost felt like it was a necessity to get get out of Russell Wilson as soon as mm-hmm. possible and then you just also kind of getting rid of Pat Bev I mean it was just another one so you get Delo back that's going to be interesting to see how that works out cuz we know how it went the first time around but to me Delo has gotten a lot more mature since then and oh, for I think sure. he's gotten a lot more chill so you don't really have to worry about him he's not somebody I don't think that's going to kind of be overwhelmed by LA like he was the first time and they had also got, they got somebody else, Mobama. and then they got Mobamba, and and then they had got Rui Hachimura before. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, this is starting to become a little bit more solid of a squad. Not somebody that I would be scared of in the West because there's clearly other teams, but I like how it kind of feels like all this went down. And CJ McCollum had tweeted this a little earlier. All this because John Moran had said,
1: oh, "We're we're good in the West, <laughs> no worries." Correct. The Lakers got better, and that bothers me. Because the Pelicans are still owed one more pick swap with the Lakers. And if the Lakers continue to get better, that pick gets worse for the Pelicans. So that is, that is an issue that I have. But you know, when, when you look at it on the surface, there's no doubt that the Lakers got better. Like you mentioned, Mo Bamba, D'Angelo Russell, they got rid of Pat Bev and Russ Westbrook. LeBron's got guys around him now that he wants to play with and, and I think that that's important for Darvin Ham to not only get guys that LeBron wants to be with but guys that you want to coach. I think that is equally as important as you head into the All-Star break here because you come out of the All-Star break with the All-Star break being as late as it is this year. You come back, you have what? 25 games left? Roughly 25 to 30. So, I mean, you're, you're going to be the, the second you rest up in the All Star break, you're going to be shifting to the playoff mentality and getting ready for a postseason push. So, it, it's good that the Lakers were able to put some pieces together and, and figure out some things, get some drama out of the locker room. Uh, but I am really, really, really impressed. With the Pelicans trade, uh, you got a lot, you got rid of... A, it was a lot of second-round picks, but who really cares about second-round picks? Everybody was trading their second-round picks today. And then you got rid of a bad contract and a not-great player. So, it works. Somebody that wasn't seeing minutes Correct. a lot of time. Another big story to keep an eye on. Derek Carr visited New Orleans last night. He was eating with Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael, and other members of the Saints front office until almost 11 o'clock last night. And then he was seen back at the Saints facility again today. The even bigger detail, he has canceled all other meetings with any other NFL team. Welcome to the Saints, Derek Carr. He is going back to Vegas tonight. Clearly, it's where he lives. But it has to feel like this is
2: all but done. This feels like it's about a 95% at this point. Yeah. Like, this is just about a foregone conclusion. They kind of already like if had he, details kind of worked out of how, what the Saints would give up for Derek Carr. If I'm Mickey
1: Loomis, I'm looking at the legal team and saying, start typing the contract. Let, let, let's get started on that. So, things things are looking good. The Saints quarterback problem might be... A, might be figured out. Not be might not be as bad. Well we hope.
2: Yeah, <laughs> one one could hope. We hope. I still he is definitely a, an improvement over Andy Dalton,
1: though. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, we'll take a timeout here from Andy Reid and Nick Siriani from Super Bowl Media Day. Next.
0: This is crunch time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Join us for a day of golf and giving at the game's charity, Golf Scramble, benefiting Redbird Ministries. Hit the link at Farm Alley while supporting a great cause with all proceeds from the tournament going towards Redbird Ministries' mission of serving families who have been given the extraordinary cross to carry the loss of a child. In addition to 18 holes of golf, the day will include great prizes, food, drink, and a great day with the staff at the game. So gather your friends and colleagues for a fun day on the course while making a difference in the lives of those in need. Get your team together and register now at 1037thegame.com, and together we can make a difference.
0: Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back, oh, back to more crunch time, crunch time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Oh, welcome back. 420 here on your Thursday. It's Crunch Time here on The Game. The Game Hotline is 337 706 0-1-1-1, that's 7 0 0-1-1-1. Again, on today's show, we're going to get a perspective from the Chiefs, we're going to get a perspective from the Eagles, and we're going to preview Louisiana and Southern Miss battle for first place in the Sun Belt tonight from Reed Green Coliseum over in Hattiesburg. But your poll question of the day. Other than the actual Super Bowl game, what's your favorite part of the Super Bowl? Is it the pregame or postgame shows? Is it the commercials? Is it the halftime show? Or is it other? So far, 74% say the commercials. 16% say other. 8% say the halftime shows. The other 2% going towards pre- and postgame shows. James, what is what is your favorite part of the Super Bowl other than the football? Other than the football game itself. Uh, I mean, the pregame and
2: postgame is okay. It's definitely not my favorite, though. Commercials used to be cool to me, but over the last few years, I've kind of gotten over it. I'd probably say of the three, I'd have to go with the halftime show. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've I've liked a lot of their performances. Last year's was absolutely spectacular. You saw so many great artists making all of a return at one time. It was awesome. Instead of just seeing like a, just the one Bruno Mars or Katy Perry's was memorable, but the having Snoop and Dr. Dre and oh, that was the best halftime show ever. All, all of them being together that to me, that was absolutely spectacular.
1: That was the best halftime show
2: I've ever seen. And unlike you, I actually like Riri. So, so I'll, I'll still probably enjoy this one as well. I, I even like the 2021 with, uh, The weekend. The
1: weekend was good. The weekend was good. So a lot of people didn't like it, but I actually enjoyed it. So I I agree with you about the commercials. They've kind of fallen off the last couple of years. However, you have a couple of companies that always deliver. There are a few. The old Doritos commercials are great. Doritos, Doritos commercials every year have been fantastic. Budweiser always delivers a good one.
2: Yeah, Budweiser's pretty good. Um, You you, you
1: always have a couple companies that are always going to bring you a good one. And so, to me, those are the ones that I kind of wait for and then hope that there's a couple spread in there that are still pretty good. I'm going to go with the commercials um, just because it's the only time of the year that I'm actually invested in paying attention to the commercial. (laughs) Is that the Super Bowl? Uh, Because otherwise, I mean... Who cares? But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say commercials because Super Bowl commercials are just now, superior. Now, I,
2: I do like that they kind of tease a couple of them, like uh, Walter White and Jesse mm-hmm. from Breaking Bad. They're going to they're gonna be on a commercial. I forget for what exactly, but then a couple of weeks ago for the championship games, they had Aiden Hutchinson mm-hmm. and I believe Cam Hayward. Mm-hmm and they were they, they had a little sneak peek, and it was like a little
1: 10-second one where it's like, housekeeping. So let me quiz you on something. Oh, this man loves quizzing people. How much do you think a 30-second Super Bowl ad is going to cost this year?
2: 30-second, uh, at least $3 million. Seven. Seven? Seven mil
1: for Super Bowl 57. Inflation, baby. $7 million for a 30-second spot. A couple of years ago, it was like three. Correct. But since then. It's gone up a little bit every single year. Every single year. Money,
2: money.
1: Speaking of companies that deliver, man, shout out to Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Honestly, yeah. They came in close today. Yeah, they did. They did. Showed up, had lunch, sitting on my desk, ready to roll. A little pulled pork sandwich, had a cookie, some mac and cheese. The cheese got macked up. It was it was solid. A, a blondie? It was. Oh, I love, bruh, lo, love me some blondies. We're, we're not going to bring up what happened with the blondie, but... <laughs> yeah, no let's let's not do that
2: oh no let's not do that
1: <laughs> but no i i do i do like blondies blondie cookies are good but no so again obviously shout out to dickies for for free lunch today gotta gotta love that also gambino's king cake season gambino's bakery might be the best king cake in town brought
2: in quite a few so far.
1: Brought in quite a few. Gotten a few. We like, got to taste a few
2: flavors. I feel like I, every other day we have a new Gambino's skin cake to eat. And it's like, at first I didn't know. It. I didn't know. I was like, do I open this? I don't want to be the one to open it. And then it was like, we're not supposed to open it yet, James. And I opened what was, it too early.
1: What was the one we had last week? I think we started or praline all- cream cheese? Is that what it was? I believe that was the case. Yeah. yeah. And then we had a strawberry cream cheese. And then most recently, we had a chocolate cream cheese. Yeah, the chocolate one was pretty solid. Dude, they've all been great. Mm -hmm. Man, I I, I get fed too much over here. I get fed too much over here. I I need less food, James. I need you to help me out with that. Oh, no. Oh, no.
2: (laughs) Go back back to the (laughs) kitchen.
1: So looking at some of the comments on the poll question of the day. Brad says, commercials, but I agree with JK. During halftime, I'm usually eating, checking Twitter, checking on live bets. The only time I've watched the pre- or post-game show is when Elway won his first and when the Saints won. Ton says, always the commercials, which are always 20 times better after a few beers. Rob says, this year's definitely the commercials, but that means I have to watch the game and then Hudat Forever says more people watch it for the commercials than they do the actual game. That's very true. Some people that don't even care about football will watch the Super Bowl just to see the commercials and the halftime show.
2: Which is, to me, the most ridiculous thing. How do you How do you go out of your way to go watch something specifically for the commercials? Now, I get it. They've had absolute bangers depending on the company and depending on the year. But it's like, For you to kind of, like, have a whole event. Like, you're there, and you're at a party, but you're not there for the main event. You're there for
1: the commercial breaks. Like, what? Oh, James. That's that's
2: wild to me. I've got
1: some bad news for you, bud. So you're a Celtics fan. Uh Uh-huh. Tomorrow, they play Charlotte. Yeah. Every member of the starting five is on the injury report. (laughs) Jalen Brown, facial fracture. Yeah,
2: he... He, uh, he got hit by Jason. And his, Jason's elbow hit him last night. He's out. Not surprised. Al Horford, knee swelling. Probable. He was out last night. Same thing with Rob. Marcus Smart, ankle sprain. He's been out for like the last few weeks, a month. He's so out. I'm not shocked.
1: Jason Tatum has an illness. It's oh. questionable. It was his wrist earlier, I believe. And so. then Rob dealing with that ankle sprain, he's probable. He's probable to return. So
2: it's gonna be a big Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, Grant Williams night.
1: Yes, yes, it is. Uh, Getting back to the Super Bowl though, Eagles and Chiefs. Yesterday they held their media day for the event. Coach Andy Reid was asked if the Chiefs have become a dynasty.
3: I don't know about that. I um, I'm not really into all that. I'll let you guys you guys deal with that. I. You know it's important in our world that, as coaches and players, that you try to get better every every day, and that uh, you're only as good as your last game, and so or the next game, I should say, and and so we're we're uh, we're striving to focus in on this thing, trying not to look at all that stuff. Um, That's good when you retire. You can kind of go, hey, you know, they said we were a dynasty. Wow. So, but right now, you don't let that get in here. You know, that's just away from that.
1: Andy Reid was also asked to speak about the Philadelphia Eagles and their star quarterback in Jalen Hurts.
3: Yeah, Jalen, first of all, Jalen's a good kid. And and, uh, so uh, he's fit in very well with that team. He's one of the leaders on that team, if not the main leader he and his play has proven out to, to be very, very good. So, and he'll do nothing but get better with, with time. I mean, that's just how it works at that position. But he, um, he looks like he's in complete control of, of that offense. And it's a real tribute to the kid.
1: Staying on this quarterback topic now, Patrick Mahomes playing in his third Super Bowl in just his fifth year in the NFL – was asked how his ankles feeling heading into the big game.
4: Yeah, I don't think you'll know exactly until you get to game day. Um, I'm definitely in a better spot. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely can move around better than I, I was moving last week or two weeks ago. And so uh, just trying to continue to get the treatment and the rehab um, and get to as close as I can to 100% and then uh, rely on some adrenaline to let me do a little bit extra when I'm on the field. So it's going to be it's going to be uh, definitely better, more mobile, uh, be able to move around a little bit uh, better for sure, and then we'll see on game day how close to 100% I can be.
1: Ryan Tracy, host of Locked On Chiefs, joins us next.
0: This is Crunch Time on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
2: We all have our systems when we bet from picking the perfect upset to coming through injury reports, combing through injury reports the night before a big game. But there's one thing every better should include in their system the responsible gaming tools available on FanDuel Sportsbook. These tools help keep your play in check and under control. Tools like time limits, so you don't unknowingly spend more time on the app than you intended. There's also wager limits to help prevent you from betting more than you should. And you can even take a time out, which pauses your account for as long as you need. FanDuel wants every bettor's experience to be about fun and entertainment. So visit FanDuel.com slash playwell.com. That's P L A Y W E L L, and make responsible gaming tools a part of your system. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 877 770 STOP.
0: You're listening to The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley
1: steps inside the receiver and picks it off.
0: Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: 436 on your... Super Bowl Thursday, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. The game hotline, 337-706-0111. That's 706-0111. The Kansas City Chiefs headed to their third Super Bowl appearance in just five years. Andy Reid wins one more. His legacy's got to be cemented as the top five head coach of all time. The guy's just done it everywhere he's been. Ryan Tracy, host of Locked On Chiefs. Joins us on the game hotline to preview the matchup and talk about the Chiefs' season so far. Ryan, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you?
5: I'm hanging in.
1: Hope you all are doing well. Yeah, we are, man. I appreciate it. You know, looking at the season, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, you know, going into 2022, there were a lot of question marks being that Tyreek Hill was no longer on the team. How are you going to replace that production? But in came... Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster and a, and a couple other guys, and it was more like no Tyreek, no problem.
5: I wouldn't say no problem. There was definitely a transition there, and it's definitely made the like home run hitting a little bit less dramatic, and that's okay because the chunks are still there. There's a difference between – you know, getting a 30-yard pass play, 40-yard pass play, and what Tyreek would do at 75, 80 yards, circus catch that kind of thing. But this offense is predicated on moving the ball in chunks. That is certainly there, and honestly, I think it alleviated a problem that the offense had, and that was it was Tyreek high and Travis low, and now you can get any number. There's multiple games where 10 guys have been targeted by Patrick Mahomes this season. You can't cover everyone, and I think that's made that. Uh, More efficient, but actually more deadly for the Kansas City Chiefs this year.
1: And, you know, you you went into the playoffs as the one seed yet again. You got the bye, and then you met up with the Jacksonville Jaguars who came off of that insane win over the Chargers. And then Arden Key rolls over Patrick Mahomes' ankle, and everybody in Kansas City kind of caught their breath for a moment
5: and and then some. Uh, if there's one thing in any script, whether it's the offseason OTAs, whether it's camp, w- whether it's week 17, the one thing this team cannot sustain and be able to project themselves not only into this championship game but to win a championship, it is a significant injury to Patrick Mahomes. Chet Henney's a great fill-in. He's a guy that I think keeps the quarterback room glued together, keeps it light, keeps it moving forward. He is a stopgap. He is not a guy that you can foresee taking over halfway through a season and giving them to this final game. It is about Patrick Mahomes.
1: Talk about Travis Kelsey and the impact that he's had, not only on this team this season, but the franchise and city as a whole. I mean, for, for a guy to come in and play the way he's played at the tight end position and be the you know the vocal leader that he is, just talk about his impact on Kansas City.
5: You know, it's really felt everywhere it's not just in the tight end room uh, where he can actually help mold and develop some of the younger guys. He's He came in, Anthony Fasano actually took him under his wing, right? Uh, Travis started his career with a major injury and missed his first season. Um, we've watched Travis grow up in Kansas City, and I think that's really connected him not just to the current season ticket holder generation, but the, the generation that's younger, that's ready to see this and, and hasn't lived through all uh, the sparse years. <clears throat> so he's, he's about excitement. He's about engagement. And I think his attitude is infectious across the roster as well. He's a guy that you can point to that not only can he keep it light and keep uh, the mood up, keep the vibe up for most locker room, he's also a guy that's going to work his tail off. And he can be an example to younger guys. In this particular season, he and a couple of the other veterans that needed to be that example for the second-year class and the rookie class, they've really had to be on display in a number of ways.
1: Ryan Tracy of Locked On Chiefs joining us here on the game hotline. Looking at the game on Sunday, the biggest concern for the Kansas City Chiefs has to be that front four for the Philadelphia Eagles. 70 sacks on the season. Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox, Ndamukong Sue Jaquan Hargrave, handful of others, they're constantly rotating defensive linemen in and out. Just kind of talk about the task that that's going to be for for the Chiefs' offensive line to kind of slow them down.
5: It's definitely going to be a challenge. This is an offensive line unit that is hardened against stiff competition. Though this is an offensive line unit, they are elite. They are the top three interior guys in the league. Uh, you can rate a, an offensive line by the you know all five of them. If you break it down, just the interior offensive line, they're the best. Uh, nothing against Jason Kelsey, Lennon Dickerson. They're probably two on my list to tell you the truth. And I might have a little bias in there, but it's about the tackles really, and the tackles have had to sustain just wave after wave of different attacks. And they've been able to function as a unit and get through it. And I do believe that it is the guards helping the tackles that is key here. Uh, when, when Joe Tooney does have to go out, that puts the whole unit at risk. They, as a five, can overcome a lot here. And I think it's going to come down to a chess match about understanding where pressure is coming from and being able to keep five against, like you said, a continual wave of fresh defensive pass rushers in particular. Um, nothing against Hassan Reddick, who's had a great year, uh, or Fletcher Cox. The guy that I think is in the, the bird dog seat right here to really have the advantage that being fresh is going to be Hargrave for me, and I think that's somebody they're going to have to guard themselves against.
1: And then vice versa. You know, the Eagles have been very impressive offensively with Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, and then you obviously have Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Ryan, the last couple of games, Chris Jones has been on an absolute tear. How can he kind of disrupt Jalen Hurts'
6: routine?
5: You know, it's, it's really about the run game. And the thing that I, as, as good as Chris Jones' season has been, I think the headline, the most important aspect of it, is something that no one in the national media is talking about. <clears throat> it's not just that he's raised his level of play. He has become a forced multiplier. He's not the guy that can just split doubles all day long and make his plays. He's gotten to be the point where the attention on him and his rotation, particularly this season, his ability to go inside and outside, has alleviated pressure on Frank Clark, the rookie George Karloftis, Carlos Dunlap is in a cleanup role, Mike Dana has had an unheralded season, but all those guys rotating around Chris Jones has lifted the entire front. There was no more the case that on display than it was against the Bengals. And, yes, Chris had a, a great game, eight pressures on the day, but it was about the guys around him that came with him where the entire front was able to raise their play. They have to do that again this week. Um, it's a different kind of role. They have to stop the run first, and that's something that's been an Achilles heel for this Chiefs defense because they are built to defend the pass in an efficient kind of way and take their lumps against the run when they have to, rally to the ball, play team defense. They're going to have to do that now, but I think they're going to have to get a little bit more creative, especially when it is the quarterback that's the X factor. Containing Hurts I think is going to be important. I'm not sure his shoulder's that healthy, so I'm a little bit more concerned he's going to be a little more apt to pull it down and take off. It's going to come down to the linebackers and reinforcing the front line in order to contain him and look for those safeties to come down as well.
1: Are the Chiefs considered a dynasty if they win this Super Bowl?
5: Yes, there's no doubt about it three trips in four years and two wins. It may be, you know, a junior dynasty at that point, but that word is applicable at that point. If you listen around to the, the national airwaves, national podcasts, everybody this week has started to acknowledge that, Hey, there's only one other team that we've been able to talk about in this kind of run, this kind of continual striking distance within a championship. And that is the New England Patriots. So at that point, it is a conversation about being a dynasty. Now, you come away with a loss in this one, you're still really close, but you've got to get that second one to get into that conversation, and I think that they do it.
1: What are the X factors and keys to victory if Mahomes wants to lift that second Lombardi?
5: He's got to be able to stay clean enough to run his offense. If he gets under so much pressure that he can't escape from, and I do believe he'll be roughly 90% on that ankle. Uh, We saw him be able to escape up the middle against the Bengals. If he can do that, keep it tight and just get the ball out, not take those hits, I think he'll be in good shape. But he's got to have another receiver step up. Without McCole Harmon, they had hoped to get back in order to kind of stretch the field a little bit. I do think the Eagles' attention will be on MVS after his last outing. So, can Kadarius Tony actually contribute? He's got multiple injuries he's trying to recover from. Is Sky Moore ready to step up into a bigger role and take on some of that? Is it Juju healthy enough with that left knee that he can actually go out and be the stalwart crosser underneath, move the chains guy that they need him to be? If not, they have to get creative. And luckily they have the depth. With wide receiver Justin Watson's going to be back. They have Jody Fortson at tight end. They have Noah Gray at tight end. It's about moving the chains putting them where they ain't, and then if they get funny and they decide to start pressuring, especially out of a zone pressure, that just opens the door for Travis Kelsey to be Travis Kelsey, and I think that's what it's going to come down to in the end. Do
1: you have any prop bets you're looking out for?
5: You know, for me, it's going to be the over-under 150 yards rushing for the Eagles. I'm still going to take the over, but I think the deeper they get into the run game, I think the more chances that the number of possessions is limited to the point that it actually hurts the Eagles. So I'm going to take the under on, uh, I think it's 65 points as well. So those are the two that I'm looking at.
1: Ryan Tracy, host of Locked on Chiefs, joining us here on the game hotline. Ryan, appreciate your time. Enjoy the game this weekend, and hopefully we can talk to you again.
5: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Enjoy it. And there he goes, Ryan Tracy, host of Locked on Chiefs. God, the Super Bowl is always just so much fun. Even even when your team's not in it. Didn't even sniff it. I'm just, it, it, it's weird. You just become a football fan at that point. You just want to watch a good game. And so, really looking forward to this one. Uh, two young quarterbacks. Both quarterbacks are from the state of Texas. It's going to be fun. And in the end, who wins? Well, which quarterback is less injured? That's what it's going to come down to in this one, unfortunately. But when you're you know, in Week 19, Week 20, if you do the math, that's about where they're at. Uh, injuries are a part of it. So it's just going to come down to who can avoid getting hit in their injured areas the most and stay as healthy as possible. Uh, so it's going to be a good game regardless, and you can catch it all right here on the game. We'll wrap up our number one right after this.
0: This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: So earlier we were telling you about how Dickie's Barbecue Pit hooked us up. Well, if you want to get hooked up by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, head to Acadiana Deals tomorrow morning to get two $20 vouchers for half the price. $40 in vouchers for 20 bucks on AcadianaDeals.com this Friday with Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Tune in every weekday at 8.15
0: a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Welcome back to Crunch Time. Don't forget to vote on the poll question of the day. Other than the actual game itself, what's your favorite part about the Super Bowl to watch? Is it the pre-slash post-game show, the commercials, the halftime show, or something else? Go ahead and vote on it if you haven't voted on it yet. Still got 12 hours left. I want to talk about and continue the conversation with you, Matt, about the Saints and Derek Carr. Because, y'all. Yeah. looking at it, Tom Bellicero, literally about 30 seconds ago, it said, sent on Twitter, the Saints and Raiders... Already have the framework of a Derek Carr trade in place. A condition for Las Vegas to let the visit happen. But Carr's no trade clause means he controls whether any trade happens before 4 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. And looking at it, he went out of his way, went to New Orleans last night, like we had said earlier, Mm -hmm. talked with Dennis Allen, Mm -hmm. Pete Carmichael, and others of the Saints organization, and they... We're at a restaurant till about 10.30, and then he kind of went very, back the next morning.
1: A very nice restaurant at that.
2: Yeah, very nice re- Well, of course. I mean, when you got that kind of money, I would hope you would go. I mean, fair. For just a casual Wednesday night dinner. They're going to Hooters. <laughs> they're, they're going to Twin Peaks. <laughs> right. <laughs> but
1: it was described as a lengthy visit. Well, yes, it was, because they were at the facility. Yes. Went and have dinner for almost four hours. Went and then, their separate ways, and then, and then he then went returned back. to the facility again today. So yes, I, I would consider that a lengthy visit. And to me, if you're staying that long, it has to be good news. It's it's gotta be it's gotta be good. There's no way that you were spending, let's roughly say a combined ten hours with somebody, and then when you get on the plane, you're like, no, nah, I'm not going there. Right, suckered these guys in. I'm not going there. <laughs> they pay for my dinner. Got them, <laughs> losers. No, obviously, if he if he felt the need to meet again today, things were going in the right direction.
2: And in my eyes, they're more likely than not going to come up with an actual trade, and we're not going to really hear the full details until after the Super Bowl.
1: But here's here's what's going to be interesting, though. Derek Carr, mm-hmm. where's number four? Is Blake Gilligan going to give it up? Probably. I mean, Derek Carr is probably going to... Hey, man. You, 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 see this, you see this stack of about, about 1,000 Benjamins? He could...
2: <laughs> Blake could always just go to two. Because James is probably going to be off the roster. Six. That's Marcus May. Oh, that's right. Probably get Jarvis's five. Probably. I, I
1: still want to bring Jarvis back,
2: but... If 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 they are not to return, well, Correct. then they're gonna. Those numbers are gonna be available. So I'm looking at either four or
1: eight, as to what Derek Carr would wear, because I believe he wore eight at Fresno State. I could have sworn eight was retired. Oh, it is retired. You're right. I th- I You're like, right. That's Archie's number. You're right. For, scratch that, then. You're absolutely right. Um, okay, so he's probably gonna wear four. So Blake Gillikin's gonna be in a good a new number. So if you're a Blake Gillikin fan and you've already purchased a Blake Gillikin jersey, get some duct tape. I'm sorry to all two of you. Get some duct tape, put it over the nameplate, and just write Car. Then you got Derek Carr jersey. There you go. Man, Matt Miguez coming up with solutions. <laughs> I'm just that guy for you. How ironic. I'm just that guy. In our number two, we're gonna talk with our guy Gino Camarilli. From locked on Eagles, talk Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, how the Eagles can take down the Chiefs, and so much more. We're going to hear from Raging Cajuns baseball in our number two. Media Day was yesterday. We'll hear from Matt Deggs and a handful of players, and then Andrew Abbottie will preview Louisiana versus Southern Miss. Battle for first place in the Sun Belt Conference. Who's going to prevail in that one? 7:30 tip for that game. And we will preview it at 530 later on in our number two. We will also get to McNeese playing Southeastern tonight in the Legacy Center. Tip off for the women's game in about three minutes. Men will follow at 7:30. We'll we'll keep you updated on the scores of the women's game throughout our number two. Preview the men's game. And we will talk about LSU men's basketball falling to Mississippi State for their 11th consecutive loss on the season, 1 and 10 now in the SEC. Just can't can't seem to figure it out, James. They just cannot seem to figure it out. Defense still does really well. It does. They still do, they still try to keep them in games. But the offense just can't string it together long enough for them to win. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two. We'll kick it off right after this top of the hour sports update. You are listening to Crunch Time here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros.
0: You're clocked out. We're locked locked in. in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Mikaz and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Hour number two of Crunch Time is here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Met me, guys, James Mesh. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. And hour number one, we touched on the NBA trade deadline, what the Pelicans got in a player like Josh Richardson. The Super Bowl media day yesterday between the Eagles and the Chiefs. We got the Chiefs' perspective from Ryan Tracy. And now it's time to get a perspective on the Philadelphia Eagles. Fly Eagles fly, fly, Eagles fly with our guy Gino Camarelli, host of Locked On Eagles. Gino, my man, what's going on?
7: Not too much. I'm glad you guys got Ryan on from Locked On Chiefs. We had our final crossover episode at Locked On Eagles and Locked On Chiefs today. And I think there's a lot of mutual respect between these two teams. And above everything else, I think the neutrals are going to get a very fun football game come Sunday. And I hope it's one that people remember. I never want to be a, a boring Super Bowl and leave a bad taste in the mouth of NFL fans.
1: So, how hard are you going to be singing Fly Eagles Fly if you guys went on Sunday night?
7: I've been a little under the weather the last couple days, so my voice has been out of it. So I'm ready to go full speed on Sunday. I'm so excited for this game. I'm going to shout it from the rafters. My neighbors will probably have to call in a welfare check on me at some (laughs) point. But no, we'll be sitting at home enjoying the game. We were in Philly the last go-around. Not too experienced at that time. And man, I'm just ready to see this team hopefully do something that... Not many people outside of Philadelphia believe they could up until this point, and there's still many doubters that didn't believe that they should get here and, quote-unquote, they haven't beaten anybody. So I'll be very insufferable if they happen to win this thing, that's for sure.
1: So, you know, looking at the season since we've last talked, two dominant victories in the playoffs over the Giants and the 49ers, Jalen Hurts still seems a little nicked up with that shoulder, and then the the defense has just been... Lights out for Philly with Hassan Reddick and Fletcher Cox, 70 sacks combined on that front seven. Just kind of talk about the road through the playoffs to get here. And, you know, like you said, a lot of people still continue to doubt the Philadelphia Eagles. How has that maybe fueled the team to play even better and, and even harder in the Super Bowl?
7: I'm definitely somebody that is completely against that paradigm that they haven't beat anybody. I just think that's crazy, especially in a year where you played a divisional game against a divisional opponent in the best year that the division has had in nearly two decades. So that alone, I think, is a very impressive win when two NFC East teams play each other as the old cliche goes throw out the playbook, throw out all the old records. It's just a game, and you have to go out there, and it's going to be physical, and the Eagles out-physicaled them once again. And then getting to that Niners game, cry me a river, Niners fans. The Eagles won a Super Bowl over Tom Brady with the backup quarterback. It happens. Quarterbacks get injured. Players get injured. It's how you respond. And what the Eagles did, they truly shut the Niners down in the trenches, battled where it mattered, had time of possession, didn't turn the football over, That's hopefully the recipe that you take into this Kansas City Chiefs game because once again, you're sitting there and saying, did they beat anybody? Well, it doesn't really matter because there's only one team that you have to worry about beating and that team is with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I don't care what any of the other teams put on tape. I don't care what any of those 17 or 18 wins now at this point matter to this team. It's just a one-round fight and you have to put everything in they already did that game planning from last week until now to you put yourself in a position where you can not let Patrick Mahomes take that game over. That should be priority. Number one, we won't let this unicorn be a unicorn. I know it might sound easy. It's definitely not, but the way the Eagles defense has been playing, like you said, Matt 70 sacks on the year in the regular season, they've done great in the postseason as well. Usually when it comes to this time of the year, the old adage goes, "Defense wins championships. We'll see if this beat up. It's a it's a beat up Kansas City offense. To, I mean, to paint it as clear as it is, they're out a couple of their wide receivers. Their offensive line is much better than it was a couple of years ago, but it's still not up to the par of what the Eagles put out there. Their running back is a rookie. Only guy you got to really worry about is Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to completely ruin your game plan. Yes, there will probably be an unsung hero of the Kansas City Chiefs to go into that game and put up some points, but it should be simple. Stop Travis Kelsey, stop Patrick Mahomes, don't turn the ball over, and run the damn ball on offense. That's really how they have to do it to get it done this weekend.
2: Now, Gino, you had mentioned an unsung hero, and I mean, you always look at Travis Kelsey to be like the mainstay, and Juju is still trying to get healthy, but another one that's also getting healthy, and I had just seen a report was. Kadarius Tony could be that unsung hero and be somebody that gets a heavy workload on Sunday.
7: I would say it's very similar to a player that they played in that NFC championship game. When you look at a Kadarius, somebody who's quick shifty yards after the catch, very similar to Brandon Ayuk in terms of how they play their game, the wide receiver from the 49ers. So they had done a lot of tape work on those guys. They had done some things in their defensive game plan to where they were jumping routes. So it made that them seem like they were getting beat a lot, but the Eagles put together a good game plan against San Francisco to take away their weakness or their strengths rather. So Sky Moore, what is his strength? He's a rookie. You put the ball in his hand. He goes out there. He can get, he can get the ball in space and Kadarius Tony on the other side as well. Both of those guys are just phenoms in the open field. We saw what Kadarius Tony could do for the giants against the Eagles before he got traded. That's definitely one guy where you can't forget about him everybody's going to be focused on Travis Kelsey. That's where everybody's eyes are going to go. It's it's natural. We know that. He's the best player on the field, arguably the best player out of these two teams in total. You're going to look at him, and that's when you get beat because Mahomes knows things are coming, and he will find the open guy, and that guy could be Kadarius Toney. So if you could put in those MVP Kadarius Tony bets, I, I wouldn't shy away from that. That might be something you sprinkle a couple pennies on.
1: Chatting with Gino Camarilli, host of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You know, looking at this matchup, there there's so many storylines already. Andy Reid coaching against his former team, the Kelsey brothers playing against each other, both quarterbacks being from Texas, the first Super Bowl with two black starting quarterbacks, this, that, and the other. There's so many storylines here, Gino. What does that do for, for a locker room? Do you think the the players pay attention to that at all? Does that factor into you know the, the way they prepare for this game?
7: This Eagles team is very calm, cool, and collective. I think the thing that feels them more is the doubt. I don't think the Andy Reid element really plays into it. There was only a couple guys here that actually played with Andy. Nick Sirianni actually got fired by Andy Reid when Andy Reid went to Kansas City. So that might fuel a little bit more than anything, but I think the stuff that the Niners have been saying and what Julian Love from the Giants said that this Eagles team, they haven't beat anybody. Their cornerbacks were susceptible to getting beat last week, and it really wasn't a true win. Whatever you want to say, I think that fuels them more than these storylines that you're looking to on Sunday because the goal on Sunday is just go and play your opponent. But every bit of doubt that these guys get put under their fire and just thrown more fuel onto it. you got guys like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who might have the biggest chip on his shoulder of anybody in this team. Hassan Riddick, who's on his third team in three years, got snubbed for Defensive Player of the Year. Jalen Hurts might get snubbed for the, the MVP. The last time he was in a championship game, he got benched. So I think it's a lot of the stuff that happened in the past that fuels these guys rather than looking ahead. Because if you go out there... With wide eyes on Sunday, you're going to look like a deer in headlights. And that's not the team you want to do that against. Because Andy Reid, he will find the weak spot. Patrick Mahomes, he'll get the ball to the guy that is in that weak area. And you'll be down three scores before you know it. So you have to walk into that game. Take all of that fire that everybody is lit under you and bring that into this game. Rather than the Andy Reid versus Nick Sirianni element. The, the Kelsey brothers, we know that's going to be huge. But hey, when they're in that game... I guarantee there's no love lost between those two, and you'll hear some smack talking on the mic'd up stuff that we get after the Super Bowl.
1: Who is an X factor for the Eagles that people might not be thinking of? Who's a, who's the unsung hero that can make an impact for Philly?
7: I think it's running back Kenneth Gainwell. Last year against the Chiefs in that game, he was the only running back that really got things going, and the reason is he's so explosive and When the Eagles have to run between the tackles, he seems to be the one that does it with the most efficiency. He puts his foot in the ground and gets upfield. He's done a fantastic job in the last two games in the playoffs. And his odds to win MVP right now are plus 13,000 on some sports books. So, if you want to get some long shots in, I go for Kenny Gainwell. The Eagles did it with Corey Clement back in 2017 in that Super Bowl against Tom Brady where he goes for over 100 yards, has a touchdown. The Eagles are going to hit their main guys. We know that. But the teams that win the Super Bowls, there's always that one guy where you're saying, how did we not account for him? How did he go for over 100 yards? I think it was... Christian Matthew for the Seattle Seahawks a couple of years ago. And where is he? He was a Super Bowl all star, and now he's out of the league. That could very well be the case for Kenny Gainwell, but he is a stud. I'm telling you, if you think Isaiah Pacheco has juice on the other side of the ball, Kenny Gainwell, as well as all those Memphis running backs that have come out, the Tony Pollards of the world, the Daryl Hendersons, they got something cooking down in Memphis in that running back room, that's for sure.
1: What are some prop bets that you're looking out for this weekend, Gino? I mean, you know, everybody. When you look at the Super Bowl, you have the craziest bets from how long the national anthem is going to be, and you know how many songs get played during the halftime show, and and stuff like that. But when it comes to the game, what kind of special bets are you looking out for?
7: I think it's easy to go with the the simple ones of Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown scorer, Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown scorer. But if you're going to look at some fun bets. I think those long shot ones where you're getting at least 1,000 plus on the odds, like that Kenny Gainwell one I dropped, I bet Corey Clement back in 2018 Super Bowl at plus 3,000 to win the MVP. So I'm going to sprinkle some money on that as well. I think you get into those down the roster type of guys is where you find the real value because Vegas seems to be very honed in on the top guys. It's the guys that slip between the cracks. So you might want to look at some things like Quez Watkins over two and a half receptions for the Philadelphia Eagles. If you want to look at the Kansas City side of the ball, I think maybe a Frank Clark anytime sack would be a pretty safe one. If somebody's going to get to the quarterback, it's either going to be him or Chris Jones. I mean, if you even want to throw a flyer on Patrick Mahomes throwing an interception in this game or Jalen Hurts as well, you're probably going to get plus odds on there as well. And I always go over on the Super Bowl because when you're in that moment and you are in the national anthem, I think everybody just goes long, and I don't think I've ever bet the under on any Super Bowl ever when it comes to the national anthem or the game in and of itself. So it's a good precedent that if they hit the over with the o- the anthem that the game should go over as well. I've got to do some research on that, but I think it's pretty good. Who wins? Oh... I was hating that question having to be asked to me. Oh, well, but I'm, I'm going to put you I, on the I can't spot, man. Any, Who wins? Anything other than the Eagles. I, the the Eagles fair. have to win this game. It's it's the perfect season if you culminate it with a ring. What Nick Sirianni and all the flack that he took in his introductory press conference, and they were two and five in 2021, and they managed to get to a, a playoff run with Jalen Hurts and this quarterback were saying, can this guy even be the guy? and now you're sitting here with a roster that might be the best in the history of the franchise, maybe ever. If the Eagles don't get it done with this team, it will be very frustrating, but mutually beneficial, or mutual respect, rather, between this team and Andy Reid. If they were going to lose to anybody, how could it not be Andy? I think it just writes itself, but the Eagles have to win this game. I don't see it being any other way than the Eagles possess the ball they run the ball for 150-plus. Jalen Hurts gets one on the ground. They win the game. Over-under is 50. Let's go 27-24. You'll hit the over. Chiefs won't cover. The Eagles' money line is my pick.
8: Let's go with that.
2: I had seen this earlier. In the, I don't know if you would seen this, but Nick Sirianni was asked by a reporter, is this a must-win game?
7: Yeah, I, I don't know how guys like that get <laughs> potential for Radio Row and I'm sitting here in, in my office at home getting right. asked questions. But yeah, this, this might be one of those ones where you might want to put all your eggs into this basket. And it is a must-win game, some would say. And the guy to do it would be Jalen Hurts. And I think above everything else, the ultimate storyline, if he does win it, is to just persevere in whatever aspect of life you go through because Jalen Hurts got pinched. In a national championship game, how many guys survived that mentally? And now he's playing for a Super Bowl? Man, those Texas quarterbacks are built different. I tell you what, Texas high school football, there's a real case to be made that some of those teams could probably beat some D1 teams. I'm not even joking you. It is legit. He's played for his dad. He's played for Nick Saban. He played for Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. He's been in big time moments, in big time situations at every level. Drop the confetti on him. I, I think he's going to get it done. It would be an ultimate success story to see Jalen Hurts lift that Lombardi trophy.
1: Gino Camarilli joining us, host of the Locked On Eagles. Gino, appreciate your time as always. Enjoy the game with your family, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, my man. I
7: appreciate you guys. Fly, Eagles, fly as always. And there he goes,
1: Gino Camarilli. Got to love throwing in the, the the Fly, Eagles, fly right there at the end. We'll, uh, we'll take a timeout. Cajun's Baseball Media Day. here from Matt Deggs next.
0: This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for
1: the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you something far better than cheap plastic beads. This Mardi Gras square $500 Visa gift card. Just download the game mobile app. Open the app and click on the Mardi Gras Moolah tab and you'll be on your way to winning that $500 Visa gift card. It's the game's Mardi Gras Moolah Sweepstakes. Download the app, win money. It's just that simple, and it's all from the game. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
0: You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: 521. Let's go to the game hotline now. Jacob! What's going on, sir?
4: What's up, man? How you doing?
1: I'm um, fantastic, sir. How are you?
4: I'm doing great. Doing great. Looking forward to this basketball game later.
1: Yeah, what are your What are your thoughts on the matchup? Let's get into it.
4: I feel good. I feel good. I know they were missing a guard last time we played them, but uh, I still feel good. I'll say the same stuff I said when I called in on the fifth, man. Oh, you hear both? Oh. Uh, you know... Bob Bob has never lost to Jay Ladner. Bob has never lost to Jay Ladner. That's something I feel good about. 2-0 against him at Southeastern. 2-0 against him when he's been at Southern Miss. Um, I'm sure the crowd will be raucous in Hattiesburg, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we can keep them quiet the
1: whole game. That's the part that worries me is is their crowd.
4: You know, but but I'm... I, I I here's my bold prediction for tonight. I think we have our best free throw shooting night of the season. Really? Shockingly enough, shock. I, that's my bold prediction. I think we have our best free throw shooting night of the season tonight.
2: Now that's a call. Look, if that happens, I'm I'm here for it.
1: Believe Boom.
4: me. Yeah, I, I, it could come down to that. But for the most part, I mean, just comparing like player to player, like I think Fultz is a better distributor. I think Fox is a better distributor than their point guard. I think Jordan Brown is better than Hasi. I think Greg Williams is better than their two guard. I don't know. I think we match up well and uh my little one's yelling in the back seat. So go Cajuns.
1: Appreciate let's, you, Jacob. Let's get a win. Man, little little Lamonier was not happy back there. He's right. He's right. You look at the matchup. I like the Cajuns' roster better than the Eagles. And, and you know, one, one thing that really sticks out is Jordan Brown. The way that he has played not only the last couple of games, but the entire year has really stood out. He's a former McDonald's All-American, former Pac-12 Sixth Man of the Year. And now he is killing it in the Sun Belt Conference. In my opinion, he's probably the front runner for conference player of the year. He's not it's not a deadlock that he's gonna win it, but right now I would say that he's probably the favorite.
2: I won't ask for a 2020 night. Oh no. Like yeah, last time. But maybe a twenty ten. If you if you can give me a twenty ten double double, I'm good. And it and it doesn't have to be the best free throw shooting night like Jacob wanted. But if it could be a good one, feel really good about the chances. The
1: question is going to be Greg Williams. Does he continue what he's been doing? That's, a, That's the difference in the game. If Greg Williams has an off night, I think the Cajuns are in trouble. Because I'm not going to guarantee
2: Jordan Brown's going to get his. But you feel really good about his chances. But it does come down to Greg Williams. And can he still put up his own numbers getting 16, 17, 18 Correct.
1: points himself? If Greg Williams has another big night, because now he's up to five games of 20 or more points, if he continues that streak, not even 20, 15-plus. Yeah. Like, if you can give me 16, 17, 18. I think the Cajuns are in good shape. I really do. And if you win this game, you are fully in the driver's seat. You're first place in the conference. You swept Southern Miss. So if they hang around, you have the tiebreaker over them. You have the tiebreaker over Marshall because you won the only time you guys are going to play this year. You're in the driver's seat. And here's the thing. This Cajuns basketball team hasn't made a postseason appearance since 2018. So I know the goal is to get to the NCAA tournament, to get to the dance and all this stuff. Say they win the regular season championship. And then they have a bad night in, in the conference tournament we really going to be mad with an appearance in the NIT? I don't think so. Again, first postseason appearance in five years. Beggars can't be choosers. Now again, of course, the goal is the 64-team tournament. But the NIT is still a very solid and respectable postseason tournament in college basketball. So, you know, kind of got to take take it as it comes if if you will but going back to the Raging Cajuns in terms of baseball Matt Deggs, Kyle DeBars, Julian Brock, Carson Roccafort, CJ Willis, and Jake Hammond all met with the media yesterday and coach Matt Deggs said nothing is impossible with this team
8: yeah you, you know you can't pay for uh success and uh you know, or put a price tag on that experience uh, coming back. There's a lot of hunger. Guys got a taste of it. They didn't just smell it or see it. We got a taste of it and take down the Big 12 champions. Have arguably uh, one of the better four-game runs uh, probably in program history. Uh, when you look at our, our run through uh, the tournament and a really good South Owl team and then the performance against Texas State, who was the best team in the league last year, hands down, uh from a talent perspective uh and then the five run deficit against georgia southern and then we've got uh tcu at the first game of the college station regional and get after those guys pretty good and then have a two-run lead uh in the seventh against a&m we're right there they saw it uh they experienced it and uh you know the bar is pretty high uh, i don't think it's just get back to that point uh as much as, as it is, what's it going to take not only to get back there, because you got to earn it, right? We're not starting off at the College Station Regional. We're starting off at Rice. And you've got to earn it every step of the way, and I believe we've checked a lot of boxes. So they're hungry. Uh, the bar's really high. And uh, I don't think anything's impossible with this team.
1: Matt Deggs also was asked about the strength of his team with so many players returning both at the mound and In the batting order, he said there's more questions on the mound than offensively.
8: No, it's definitely on the mound. But look, things change too real quick. You know, you have guys that have a great fall and they come out and they scuffle in spring training or guys that have an incredible spring uh, training and then we get into the first week or two and they can't buy a hit. And so things kind of ebb and flow. But the nice part for us is uh, I like the fact that it's on the mound and it's not – uh, eight other guys around them that we're having to figure out. It's just that one dude with the ball in his hand. Uh, the the talent's there. The uh, the ability to pitch inside of what we do is there. The, the competitiveness is there and the stuff is there. It's just a matter, Kev, of identifying those roles and getting them laid out. Offensively, they're ready to roll.
1: Catcher Julian Brock was asked, looking at the makeup of this team, you went to the regionals last year, could you go to Omaha this year?
4: Yes, it is.
2: Uh, it, like, like Coach Deck says sometimes, you know, it's not so much about
4: talent. It's about getting the opportunity to compete and outcompete our opponent. And um, we have a lot of that in this group and a lot of the screws. Is, and it's it's sustainable, you know. We can keep it going from game to game, you know. And it's going to be a good ride.
1: And Carson Roccafort, a Finalist last year for Sunbelt Player of the Year said, It's all about the little things in terms of preparation.
2: Yeah, just the little things. We've been uh, preaching a lot. It's the little things, um, taking more walks, like Coach said, um, just working on little things, stealing bags, um, you know, understanding the zone more from the offensive side, and then just little things like throwing strikes um, is going to get us there.
1: We'll take a timeout. When we return, Andrew Abadie of Pine Belt Sports joins us. We'll preview Southern Miss and Louisiana from Reed Green Coliseum.
0: This is Crunch Time on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
2: The only app you need at your Super Bowl party is this year's FanDuel, America's number 1 sportsbook. Download FanDuel and use promo code KLWB to bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will even score a touchdown in the game. I'll take A.J. Brown for an anytime touchdown because, to me, there's no way he goes through the entirety of the playoffs without reaching Pager all on a top-rated sportsbook app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today with promo code KLWB to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Make every moment more FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required, bonus issued as novel droppable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com slash sportsbook. And if you or some of you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP.
0: Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: 5.36 here on this Thursday edition of Crunch Time. Matt guys, James Mesh. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. Let's preview Louisiana versus Southern Miss tonight inside Reed Green Coliseum. Andrew Abity from Pine Belt Sports joins us on the game hotline. He is live inside Reed Green Coliseum. Andrew, thank you for taking the time, man. How are you?
6: I'm doing well, guys. Appreciate you having me on. So looking at...
1: The Golden Eagles this season, 21-4, and four, tied for first in the Sun Belt. Andrew, what's interesting to me is when you look at Jay Ladner's records the previous few years that he was in Hattiesburg, it's safe to assume that his job was on the line if things didn't go well this year. 9 and 22 uh, in 2019, 8 and 17 in 2020, 7 and 26 a season ago. What changed?
6: Um, a lot. Transfer portal does wonders for people. Um, but yeah, um, you know, Jay knew it was on the hot he was on the hot seat. Nobody had uh, according to Jay, nobody had straight up told him that. But um yeah, he, you know, he did just cleared houses, is what he did. He got a whole new coaching staff. Um, a lot of players jumped ship and went to the transfer portal. So he went and got players in the transfer portal. And it's just been a right mixture of things. He brought in Juan Cardona, who was a, a guy he actually tried to hire when, uh, when Jay was initially hired at USM. And they've brought in uh, a lot of players that. That played for Cardona back in high school, and it's just really worked out well. They, they have a lot of natural chemistry, and, and the portal's been kind to them, and it's just been the, the perfect storm of all the right things happening to them.
1: You know, looking at their season thus far, like we mentioned, 21-4 and four on the season. You went to Nashville, Tennessee, got a win over Vanderbilt. You beat Liberty on the road as well. Some big wins on the schedule you, you played it really close with UNLV right before conference play got underway. What stands out about the season thus far that's put them in this position?
6: Yeah. I mean, their defense is, uh, is, is special. Um, they, I, I think their defense could keep them in with most teams. Uh, you look at their great home team. They haven't lost the game at home yet. They're still unbeaten. They'll put a, they'll put that to the test, obviously. Um, but, you know, the experience, their chemistry is just, it's natural. It, it all flows together. They have a really good flow. And, you know, the last time these guys played UL, um, Southern Miss had two injuries that they were still dealing with. They were without one of their, their guards, Natalie Alvarez, who is a um, great defensive player. He's kind of their court general. And then Danaje Harris was playing minimal minutes. So they, you know, were kind of shorthanded with big men at the time. And now they're, It seems like they're playing to their true potential at the right time.
1: You know, you you talked about DeAndre Harris and and Alvarez as well. The two names that really jump off the page at you if you're looking at Southern Miss, Austin Crowley at the guard spot having a great year, averaging 17 points per game. Felipe Hase as well, averaging close to 15 points a game. Talk about these two guys and the way that they've been able to lead the Golden Eagles so far this year.
6: Yeah, so um, you know, I saw on Twitter a while back of uh Southern Miss fans comparing them to, you know, just with the way their dynamic is with Kobe Bryant and Paul Gasol when they were both at the Lakers and that's kind of what it's like. Um uh, Felipe is easily the most experienced guy in the room. I mean, he turned down uh overseas offers. He could have been playing in the G League and, you know, he decided to come to Southern Miss and play for Juan Cardona and I think that's He's an easy guy to gravitate to. He's a very likable guy in the locker room. He just he keeps them uh, he keeps them even, and and you see it on the court throughout the game. And then Austin just really has sped off of that. They are just two guys that have never played uh, with uh, one another before. And you know Austin was a bench guy at at Ole Miss, saw minimal minutes, but was good. And you know found his way here. And it's just like I said, it's just it, what I hate to use the term "island of misfit toys," but these are all good players that have just been in bad you know bad positions and have been wanting the chance to play and now they've all kind of come together and realized that they have a chance to do something special and something that they none of them have been able to do in their careers and like I said it's a perfect storm
1: from from your opinion that matchup with the Cajuns here in Lafayette just you know a couple of weeks ago that 75 to 61 win for the Cajuns what can the Golden Eagles take from that matchup as kind of fuel and motivation for tonight?
6: Well, um, I think the fact is that it'll be it, they're, they're on the verge of their first sellout crowd since 2008 is, uh, is plenty in itself, to be honest, with the uh, first place for the, the like I mean, Southern Miss hasn't been in a position like this in 10 years, uh, and you 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 see people are wanting to buy into that, and they, they know what's at stake. Um, in terms of coming away from that last game, you know, like I said, they had two injuries before. They were kind of you know one-dimensional teams figured out uh to that they could double team Felipe Jose because they were shorthanded with Harris and there was no Alvarez to kind of open the game up for them and so now the playbook's going to be a lot different you know UL's going to have to scheme differently that's the thing you know when they played UL they just experienced their first loss of the season to UNLV and UNLV I feel like kind of put the tape out there on how to beat them and UL was definitely one of the you know, the, the happy recipients to see that. and But like I said, Southern Miss is playing much differently. They're a much different team. I know UL is playing really, really well as, right now as well. So I think this is going to just be, you know, two kind of superpowers that are colliding.
1: You know, looking at the matchup with Louisiana, what do you think the keys to victory are for the Eagles to continue their, their unbeaten streak inside Reed Green Coliseum?
6: Uh, rebounds That's going to be big for both of these guys, offensive rebounds. And then I said this last time, and it wasn't much of a factor, but it will be today, uh, turnovers. Um, usually if Southern Miss is below five turnovers at the half, they're probably going to win the game. Um, that's just how it's kind of been for them. And I say that, I think the one uh, outlier of that was uh, the last time they played UL. So that could be very different. But um, I, I think offensive rebounds, turnovers, if uh, and, you know, the way they're—they're they're so pressure-heavy as a defense that it feeds off of that crowd. They feed off the crowd, and vice versa. And you know, i i have never seen a sold-out Regreen Coliseum since I've been in Hattiesburg. I've been here since 2016, and uh, I, I, in the past just few weeks of the 5,000 fans that have been showing up regularly, this is going to be a hostile environment, and that's going to be a a huge factor tonight. I, I, I'm thinking.
1: Andrew Abadie of Pine Belt Sports joining us here on the Game Hotline. You know, Jay Ladner, Bob Marlin, they've played each other multiple times, uh, two times while he was at Southeastern, and now this is going to be the third time that they've played each other while he's been the head coach of the Golden Eagles. Bob Marlin currently holding a 4-0 record over Jay Ladner. The familiarity between these two programs, not necessarily Southern Miss, but a Jay Ladner-led team, how do you think that factors into tonight's matchup?
6: Oh, I think that's gonna factor in a lot, especially since, you know, Jay has not picked up a, a win against them. I'm sure that's something that is sitting in the back of his head with the way Jay is. Um yeah, I, I think I think being familiar j- just the fact that this is the second time these two teams are meeting is, is gonna make a lot of differences with how both obviously how both teams play. Um I'm I'm just you know, I'm really curious to see you know how Southern Miss adjusts. Um, you know last time, um, you know UL had uh, I can't remember who the leading scorer. I think it was Garnett. He was six of eight from the three point line. You know that's going to be different. And uh, but like I said, and I keep harping on it, but the environment tonight's going to be unlike anything that people have seen in Hattiesburg in ten years. And UL is going to have to face the brunt of that.
1: Andrew, appreciate your time as always. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
6: Thanks, guys. Thank you for having
1: me on. And there he goes. Andrew Abbottie from Pine Belt Sports. You know, you look at this game, Southern Miss is a two and a half point favorite right now with an over under of 148. The difference in, in this game, if I'm, you know, it, when you're looking at it, is we talked about it a second ago Jordan Brown and Greg Williams Jr. You look at that first matchup, neither one of them played off the charts, and the Cajuns were still able to get it done. But tonight, you know, he talked about it. You get Harris back. You get Alvarez back. This is going to be a different Southern Miss team than the one you just faced nine games ago. So Jordan Brown and Greg Williams Jr. are going to be the X factors for me. What kind of performance do they have? And then can you get some good numbers from somebody else? Terrence Lewis, Kentrell Garnett, maybe even a Jalen Dowdquarter or Joe Charles. Who steps up? and makes a difference behind Brown and Williams is going to be key for the Cajuns if they want to go into Hattiesburg and upset Southern Miss and take control of first place in the Sun Belt Conference. We'll take a timeout here, wrap up today's show right after this.
0: This is Crunch Time on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: The game will be broadcasting not one, but two great games on Sunday. It all starts at 1 p.m. when the undefeated LSU women's basketball team travels to take on undefeated and defending national champion South Carolina. After that clash on the hardwood, it'll be time for Super Bowl 57, live from Glendale, Arizona. Pre-game begins at 4. Kickoff between the Eagles and Chiefs set for 5.30. And you can tune in this Sunday for two tremendous games right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports station.
0: From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans, as and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's
7: something that I can get under control.
0: Now, Now, back back to to more Crunch Time time time. with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: 551. It's halftime over in Lake Charles. The Lady Lion leading the Cowgirls 29 to 20 at the break. Paris Mullins, the leading scorer for McNeese. She has four at the break. She's two of six from the field. Looking at the shooting percentages for McNeese shooting 25% from the field, 20% from downtown, and 60% at the free throw line. Nine turnovers to eight turnovers. So pretty, pretty standard there. The difference though, James, Southeastern is out rebounding McNeese 30 to 17 at the break. That's key. I know it's only halftime, but if you're getting out rebounded by 13 in the first half, That's not a great start, not to mention you're at home. So can Lynn Kennedy's group figure it out, kind of slow down the pace a little bit, put some more points on the board, and obviously control the glass in the second half is going to be the difference. Again, the men follow right after at 7.30. Same matchup, McNeese, Southeastern in that one as well. James, a top story that came up, During today's show, that I find incredibly interesting, a Kobe jersey from his 07 08 MVP season sold at an auction today for $5.8 million. It's a lot of money. Yeah, I I would say so. I mean, just $5.8 million. So, any, anytime I read a headline like that, the, the first thing that I ask, I You just also love sports mem- memorabilia being auctioned. I really do, because it's so wild. Like, I, I want to know what people do for a living where they have $6 million to just dispose of. Like, don't get me wrong, I would love a Kobe jersey from his MVP season. But who, who says, hmm, if I drop $6 million on a piece of clothing... Am I going to go broke? No? Okay. Cool. Like, what? It's the most money ever paid for a Kobe Bryant item. So, James, the question is this. If you had $5.8 million, would you buy a Kobe jersey? This is deja vu
2: all over again.
1: Have I asked you this before?
2: Pretty much, you okay. asked me about that LeBron jersey. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. When it went for like what one point one or something, something like that. But would you buy it if I had five point eight million? in disposable around,
1: income, right? Would you Would you buy uh, a, a Kobe MVP jersey? I mean, if five point eight million was kind
2: of almost just chump change to me, I'm a really big Kobe guy. So if I had that amount of money and that was just kind of extra money, I, would, I guess you could say is
1: for. Personal.
2: I'd probably go for it, yeah.
1: So this was back before you know they started wearing new jerseys every night, right? So the jersey that was sold, Kobe wore in 25 of the 82 games in that season. Uh, and he was also wearing it the night that he was handed his MVP trophy on May 7th of 2008. Well, that's
2: why it goes for so much, because it was Correct. a part of so much of the season, and it was what he wore when he got the trophy. So Correct. that's that's fair. Yeah.
1: $5.8 million. Now,
2: now it makes a lot more sense.
1: Looking at the NBA, we didn't talk NBA much today other than the, the deals that went down. Let's take a look at the NBA standings. Boston still holds a one-and-a-half game lead in the East. Looking at who's going to be in the play-in tournament of the season in today, today, the Knicks, Hawks, Bulls, and Raptors. And the Detroit Pistons are holding court way down at the bottom. 14-42. and 42. Looking at the West, Denver, four-and-a-half game lead on the West. Memphis close behind. And then from two to seven, it's only separated by five games. So Pelicans sitting at seventh place, nine-and-a-half games back. You're a game out of fourth place, so that is encouraging if you're the Pelicans, especially with the moves that you made today. And then the Houston Rockets, 13-42. and 42. Victor Wabanyana, baby. That cat is something special. I mean, if the the Lakers wanted to dip down a little bit further, maybe make that pick more likely to be the number one, and it goes to the Pelicans, would the Pelicans really complain about getting Victor? Nah. I I know I wouldn't. Hopefully tomorrow when we host our Friday fun show here on Crunch Time, we can talk about the fact that Derek Carr will be a Saint, what that means for the New Orleans offense in 2023. And could a short up quarterback situation convince the Saints to maybe hold on to Michael Thomas? It's a thought. Michael Thomas has been liking a couple of Derek Carr's tweets. Maybe maybe we're looking into that a little too much, but it's definitely something to consider. Also, the LSU board votes tomorrow on the future of the LSU men's basketball court. Does it stay the Dale Brown court, or does it become the Gunter Brown court? We'll talk about all of that and much more tomorrow here on Crunch Time. Jake Crane, Brian Mitchell, and Ben Upton will join us. We'll talk college baseball, the NBA, and the Super Bowl a little bit more. We'll talk about Brian's career and his trip to the Super Bowl with Washington. We'll do it all tomorrow. Same time, 4-6, to six, same station, right here on The Game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe. Be safe out there. Hug your mom and them, and we will talk to you tomorrow right here on The Game. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros.